0: But, you know, people are are innovative. I have a friend who lives out in Chevy Chase in Maryland. He called for his groceries and they said, we'll deliver them via drone. And this little drone the size of a, a radio flyer wagon shows up at his house. And that was prohibited before. But, you know, government moved fast enough, which government sometimes does in, in disruptions, to change the rules. CBS is delivering drugs via drone to retirement communities because they don't
1: want to go in there and people don't want them in there. Welcome to the National Defense. The National Defense is dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans, and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I'm Randy Miller. Hey, the National Defense is now on Instagram. Follow us at Instagram.com forward slash the National Defense. Terry Jones is a motivational speaker, the founder and former CEO of Travelocity and Kayak.com. He's also the author of Disruption Off, the technological disruption coming to your company and what to do about it. We are happy to have Terry Jones here on the National Defense. For the last 15 years, he's been speaking and consulting with companies on innovation and disruption, which everybody knows a lot about right now. Uh, he started his career as a travel agent, jumped to two startups, and then spent 20 years at American Airlines, variety of management positions, including chief information officer. And then while at American, he led the team that created Travelocity.com, served as CEO for six years, took the company public, and then after Travelocity, served as chairman of Kayak for seven years until it was sold to Priceline for $1.8 billion. Terry, how are you?
0: Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me on.
1: Man, how did it feel selling your company to uh, William Shatner?
0: (laughs) Well, that was fine. I've always admired him. I'm I'm sure he got a piece of it somewhere. Um, (laughs) They they say he's made more money from Priceline than he did from being on the show. So this is so
1: fascinating. And what a great uh, time for a book like yours, because everybody's trying to cope with how do we do things differently? How do we get through this, number one? And then what's our business going to look like when we come back and and try to uh, resume some kind of normality? And uh, that disruption, and I'm sure it's part of your book, it it can be really a good thing, right? Right.
0: Yes, it it certainly can. Um, You you know, every business was founded by a risk taker. Um, We take great risks when we start new businesses, but over time, we kind of drive that out of the culture, and we stop taking risks and we stop experimenting. And this kind of disruption, as terrible as it is, is forcing people to rethink their business. Um, They're not going to be able to go back many businesses and, and do things the way they did before. So. I wrote the book before the pandemic, and it's about digital disruption, the technologies that are disrupting business from 3D printing to robots to AI to big data. But in terms of what you have to do, the number one thing I talk about is experiment and take risks and try something new because – the world we were in is not the world we're living in today.
1: Boy, is that the truth. And, and I think you're exactly right, Terry. People, uh, number one, have the time to think right now and think about different ways of doing things. I mean, you started out as a travel agent, and then you create Travelocity.com. Travel agents had to hate you
0: yeah they they did, and you know of all things, my daughter ended up being a travel agent, so <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks how does Dad. that work uh, yeah, right. but she's a she's a very different travel agent now, you know she sure. gets her business through social media, um, she's working with a different set of customers, but it was those people who weren't adding value who were just listening and typing and booking your airline ticket that were eliminated because it's much easier to do that ourselves so Uh, We found that travel, um, nobody believed us at the beginning that it would be big. It turns out to be the biggest thing in e-commerce. It's larger than the next three categories combined uh, because we don't always go the same place. Prices change very quickly. It's a great place for imagery because you want to see where you're going. turned out to be the perfect product to go on the Internet. And,
1: uh, you, you know, who knew, you know, six months ago that travel would be the one thing that everybody would crave right now. So I, I think well, you, you're right on the money. Well, it is the
0: one thing that's been, been destroyed more than any other, probably. Sure. Um, you, you know, that, that's what's so unusual about this disruption. It, it's very uneven. So I'm on the board of two internet security companies. We're doing Great. Um, I'm on the board of Boingo. We build infrastructure for Wi-Fi and cell phone uh, distribution. We're doing great. The travel companies I know are in the tank and yeah. you know, laying off, unfortunately, huge numbers of people. So it, 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 w- your reaction to this d- kind of depends on the business you're in. And if you're a knowledge worker, um, an office worker, then you're probably going to be able to continue to stay home in most businesses for a long time. If if you're a manufacturer, you got to go in, and, and work is going to be different.
1: Yeah, and to your point, Terry, we're talking to uh, Terry Jones here on the National Defense, the founder of Travelocity.com. But to your point, I just read an article today about a huge advertising agency in uh, San Francisco called Traction, and they have decided their productivity has gone up so much with people working from home. They, they shuttered their office. We're done. We're, every, everybody's going to work from home. They picked up six new clients during a pandemic. And so, yeah, it is a very much uh, kind of uh, industry driven. You know, the, the food and beverage industry not doing so well either.
0: Well, certainly they're having a tough time. And I've talked to uh, restaurateurs who say, you know, I'm just going to be a ghost kitchen. I'm going to be one of those kitchens that just delivers because it's going to take too long uh, for my business to come back. But, you know, people are are innovative. I have a friend who lives out in Chevy Chase in Maryland. He called for his groceries, and they said, we'll deliver them via drone. And this little drone the size of a, a radio flyer wagon shows up at his house. <laughs> and that was prohibited before, but, you know, government moved fast enough, which government sometimes does in, in disruptions, to change the rules. CBS is delivering drugs via drone to retirement communities because they don't want to go in there and people sure. don't want them in there. Oh yeah. So digital transformation, I am on a group of member in a group of CIOs, um, a large group and we polled the fortune 500 70% of those companies say their digital transformation is accelerating, mostly focused on customers. How do we deal with customers digitally? How do we, how do we do work to, you know, deliver our product to the curb? How do we take orders better? If you haven't done e commerce, you better do it because e commerce uh, during this pandemic is up 50%. It's not going back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think people, consumers have certainly um, jumped on board in terms of things that maybe they would have never tried or tried somewhat. And now they can't go back. Uh, everything's so much easier to do.
0: Exactly. You know, um, a friend of mine runs strategy at, at IBM Global Services, and they surveyed their customers. 40% of the people they surveyed have tried telemedicine and the majority of those say, Hey, it worked pretty well for what I had. I'm going to use telemedicine again, at least whenever I can. It's easier than going to the doc. Wow. We've just had the biggest experiment in remote education ever. A lot of it didn't work because it wasn't planned for. Right. But a lot of it did work. I'm on the board of a company that trains people how to be programmers in one year. Um, and we're swamped with orders. You know, oh, people that, who want a second chance.
1: How many boards are you on, Terry? Let's just, let's just, let's break this down what, right now. How many? See, bo-
0: I've been on, I've been on 17 right now. I'm on <laughs> uh, one public company, which is Boingo. Uh, we do Wi-Fi in airports. We do actually for the military, all the wifi in, in all the U S military, uh, well, army, Navy, and Marine, so army, air force, and Marine bases around uh, the United States. Not oh, wow. The Navy. Wow. Um, So we do Wi-Fi and telephone and over-the-top communications there. Um, I'm on the board of uh, SonicWall, which is a firewall company, uh, and then a little security startup. And I'm on the board of a company called – an organization called the Camping and Education Foundation. We run a big boys and girls camp up in Minnesota. And then on another one called Kinsey Academy, and it's a wonderful company, as I mentioned, where we train people how to be uh, programmers – in a year and the model is terrific you pay nothing while you're in school and then afterwards if you get a job that pays you over 50,000 you pay 17% of your salary back for 3 oh, years oh
1: man what a great
0: so mo- no upfront cost wow um, and and we're placing people and and over 90% of our graduates get great jobs so they can pay it back so we take the risk on that But it's a great model for education rather than saddling you with debt. You have a debt, but you have a way to pay it back.
1: You know, I got uh, two daughters that had a great education and uh, are still paying for that education. And, you know, so many people are kind of in that same boat right now. What a, what a great situation that is. And, you know, you mentioned the military. And, I, you know, thank you for your work with the military. Most of our audience is uh, either active duty or have transitioned back veterans and their families. And so many veteran-owned businesses are, are going through a tough time right now, uh, even with uh, the government help. But the ones that you're talking about, Terry, that have figured it out, you know, we've got a sponsor on this program called 1 800 Pack Rat, and it's a it's a veteran-owned business, and these guys kind of figured things out even before the pandemic. So so they're doing they're doing great guns right now. But but you've gotta, got to get that get that mentality you're you're talking about, Terry, as far as uh, taking some risks.
0: Well, I'll give you a great example. You know, Tesla uh, sells their cars online, and they have these dealerships. The Tesla dealerships are just really showrooms. Sure. You know, you can go and see the car, but you couldn't buy there. And car dealers were fighting that, and they were fighting that in many states, and Tesla wasn't allowed to sell everywhere. Well, guess what? Since the pandemic, traditional car dealers are fighting to get the law changed so they can sell that way. Right. You know, they were opposed to it before. Now they see that it works. Hey, I can, I can sell. It's lower cost. I don't have to work so hard. People take a virtual tour of the car and, you know, come and check it out and we're done. So, you know, that is, it takes sometimes, unfortunately, a disruption like this to change people's attitude. I mean, Instacart's hired 300,000 people to deliver products. Amazon's hired another 175,000. That's crazy. So, you know, Amazon's spending $4 billion to build the first COVID-compliant supply chain because they don't want this to happen to them again, right, right? right? Other people are using 3D printers instead of supply chains. They say, we're not going back to a long supply chain. We don't want to do that. So it's really fascinating to me that these technologies, like robotics, like drones, like AI, are being deployed now uh, to help us in this terrible pandemic.
1: I think one of the most brilliant moves I've seen from a, uh, a retailer, at least in my area, and we're based in Kansas City. There's a, a big grocery store chain here called Hy-Vee. So, of course, groceries are essential, right? Well, shoes are not, and so Designer Shoe Warehouse started putting their shoes into Hy-Vees. And the first time you see it, you go, "What Hy-Vee is selling shoes?" But then you go, "That is right. that's brilliant." And that's that kind yeah, of Yeah,
0: they found they found a way to do it. Right. Right.
1: Exactly. I mean that's uh yeah, that's, that's something else.
0: That, you know, that that's that's somebody who's saying, Well, how can we do this? Right. Instead of instead of saying, How did they do that? Right. <laughs> right. Saying, how can we do that? There's a great scene in the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. He's looking out at those guys, chasing them, and said, Who are those guys? How can they do that? I couldn't do that. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe you can. Yeah. You know, maybe you can do that. It, it, uh, there's, I read about a company that had an 18 month plan, very detailed before COVID, about how to do curbside delivery so that people could come and pick up goods. After COVID started, they actually implemented it in two days. Wow. Well, you can't unlearn that. The boss isn't gonna forget that, right? <laughs> right. <If you're laughs> me, well, and, I don't buy this 18 month bologna. Right. You can do it in two days. <laughs> it, it was kind of
1: like everything. You know, everything that you thought was set in stone before COVID uh, is out the window. Yeah, I was talking to a buddy of mine that owns a restaurant and uh, when, the, when the pandemic hit, um, I mean, you have never been allowed to purchase alcohol or, or drinks from a restaurant and take them with you. Never, never, never. Right. Well, guess
0: what? Right. Yeah, you can. All of a sudden you can. Yeah. And it, it's just. Well, the- you know, that that's hilarious because when I first moved to Texas many, many years ago, you could go to drive through and get alcohol. The rule is huh. it wasn't you can't drink and drive, the rule was you can't be drunk and drive. You're- so <laughs> they said, we don't care if you pick it up. It's it's your behavior that we're worried about. Right, right. right. But my buddy, my buddy did some of that in 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 Georgia. He said I ordered a, a 32 ounce margarita and it was called chipotle sauce on the bill or something. You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. There's a place up from us called Tipsy Taco and you you take your your own pitcher in and they fill it up with margaritas and you leave. And I was asking my buddy, I go, so after this is over. Is that still going to be legal? And he says, "Why wouldn't it be? But, but, but it might be.
0: It, it could be because you know, being drunk and driving is a terrible thing, but you know, what's the difference if you're just stepped out of the bar, right? You know, exactly. I think it's it's about people's behavior, and and that's what this is about. You know, people are finding that virtual meetings work fine. Uh, you know, I've been yeah. in the travel business. We're terrified. We were terrified about video conferencing twenty years ago. Well, guess what? It just really happened, yeah. right? Now people are saying, hey, we can do this. You don't need to go overnight. There are people who are saying they're closing more deals over video than they did in person because so the customer can't flip to the last page of the PowerPoint and just start arguing with right. you. They have to listen to the whole story. Yeah. And once they listen to the whole story, they go, oh, well, that's a pretty good story. Okay, I'll buy it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think um, I think people are excited about all of the innovations that are coming out and the things that they're learning. And Terry, I want to ask you about your, your time at American airlines. And we're talking to Terry Jones here. Uh, He's got a new book out called disruption off, which is available on Amazon. But uh, when you were at American Airlines, now I I had no idea about Travelocity. I'm a customer, but I, I had no idea about the origins. And when I saw that you actually led the team at American airlines that started this, How was the trust factor in that? Number one, how did that benefit American Airlines specifically that they would want to do that kind of a a project? And number two, the trust factor then that uh, Travelocity wouldn't push American out there first in in front of other airlines. uh, How did that work?
0: Right. Well, we had a very large division in American called Sabre. That was our computer division. And for many years, we had been automating all the travel agents. So we put computers into travel agents. And other airlines did too. Brilliant. And we'd have been experimenting uh, for years, and we had this little thing on AOL and CompuServe where you could make a reservation, but you had to get the ticket from a travel agent. And eventually we said, you know, somebody's going to do this on the internet. And we put it on the internet, gave it a name called Travelocity. It started to grow. Travel agents woke up and said, shut it down. Bob Crandall a very smart boss in American said no we're not going to shut it down somebody's going to do this it may as well be us so it grew like a weed in the spring wow and eventually uh, we were referring tickets to travel agents eventually we stopped doing that cuz they weren't servicing them very well and eventually we took the company public and spun it out so you know it's one of those stories I tell in my second, my first book uh, on innovation about how to build a startup inside a big company. Many companies want to do that. It's very hard to do. Um, there are a lot of a lot of people who don't want you to succeed inside a big right. company, but we did. And there actually is a is a federal law against uh, pushing one airline over the other. When we started uh, Sabre and put it into travel agencies, all you could see were American flights or if you had the United system, pretty much all you could see were United flights. Eventually, the government stepped in and said, that's antitrust. We said it was alphabetical order um, (laughs) because we were Americans. That that defense didn't work very well. That's right. So uh, in the end, they they said we couldn't do that, but they said we could charge people to participate in the system, and Sabre overnight became a billion-dollar business, very successful for a time worth more than the airline. So – you know you it's what's interesting today is sometimes the data about a product is worth more than the product itself and people are understanding in big businesses particularly with ai their data is worth a lot so you see companies like john deere who are helping farmers using data collected by you know their tractors and their reapers sure. to produce to produce better crops people are using data in many ways so you know disruption and innovation are just two sides of the same coin you only call it a disruption if you didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> if you did, it would be an innovation. It was brilliant. Yeah, but right. you didn't. So it's a, yeah, it's a darn disruption. You know. Um, yeah, and, and you know,
1: my, travel, travel uh, specifically, is one of those few industries and few things that you can't do online i mean you can't you have to be there to see the stuff and and to experience the travel and and the people and, and the food and everything like that and it it seems to me that those kinds of things are getting to be fewer and fewer
0: well and and of course uh, many travel companies today have been Going virtual to to at least get people excited about coming there after COVID, sure, and, sure, and doing a better a better job. But yeah, you do have to. And to me, that I've traveled to 110 countries. I love it. Uh, I love it when it's different. Yeah, you know, we right. have to watch out. There's the the tourism industry calls uh, one of their problems generica, which is generic America. Everywhere you go, the restaurants are the same, the stores are the same, right? <laughs> Everything's the same. Well, if that's the case, I'm not going to go. Right? So. You know, keeping the uniqueness about the different parts of our country is is important, and you know that's what gets people to travel. This summer, people are taking road trips. Yep. You know, uh, rentals of RVs are up 500 percent. Oh, I, I got um, I got one. No, well, good for you. Yeah. And in fact, I'm on the uh, on the board of a startup that's one of several in the market that's, that's sort of the Airbnb of RVs, because RVs are only used three, four weeks a year, maximum. What's the, the, what's the name of the that? They sit there I, now,
1: there is a company well, that does that, right?
0: Yeah, there's several. And uh, there's several of them out there. We're a little startup just getting going. We're not even launched yet, but we, we've got a little different take on it. Okay. But it, it's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's something born of necessity. Airbnb, a bunch of guys couldn't find a place to crash. So they crashed an the apartment and said, well, why don't we just create a company to do this? Right. And now it's the biggest hotel chain in the United States. So, you know, this is the time for people to sit back. Disruption off and, and think about changes. Disruption off talks about that. It talks about how can you rethink your business, change your business model. You know, take, take the, some of the new models like subscriptions. Whoever thought you'd subscribe to a Razor
1: right <laughs> exactly dollar right.
0: Shape, billion dollar business yeah right we're subscribing to food services you know we're we're part of platforms we're looking at business in a new way and saying hey i can change my business phillips the lighting company just went to skippel airport in amsterdam and said we want to sell you light and the people said what <laughs> no, we don't want to sell you light bulbs. We want to sell you light. We want to light the airport for the next 20 years. We'll pay for the bulbs. We'll pay for the power. We'll change them out. We'll do everything. They got a 20-year contract for light. Wow. Now, what do they do? They put in longer-lasting bulbs immediately, sure. right? They, they, they put in bulbs that use way less energy because they're paying for the power. They're recycling the old bulbs back at the factory because it's now in their interest to do so. Oh, sure. And they have a long-term, much more profitable contract than they had before. Wow. Yeah. He's doing the same thing with jet engines, right? They're they're selling jet engines by the hour. Sure. How much uptime do you want? Because the engine is so smart, they know when it's going to fail. Wow. So those kinds of things can build on your traditional business and create entirely new products.
1: Yeah, and and, you know, uh, you mentioned uh, these long-standing companies, and we have a couple of of them as great sponsors of of this program, Gillette and Ford. Now, you know, each of those companies has been around for over 100 years, but the thing I admire about them is exactly what you're talking about, Terry, is that they have the mindset that yeah, you know, yeah, we make razors, but now we got to get a subscription model, and now we got to get uh, uh, Gillette has just come out with a special uh, a razor that caregivers use to shave uh, the people they're taking care
0: of. I mean, just things like oh, that, yes. you know, where they awesome. just they just keep innovating. Well, and Gillette, you know, least was smart enough; uh, they they had a hugely profitable business with razors. I mean, do we really each need eight blades? It, right. Not sure, but but they went out and bought the Dollar Shave Club. And said, okay, if we can't, we can't beat them, let's buy them. Sure, uh, We can do a better job by owning that. So sometimes that's part of innovation, too, is you stand back and watch because 80% of startups fail. Look at the ones that, that are winning and say, well, rather than have them come kill me, I'll just take them out <laughs> and use their product uh, in, in my distribution. It, it can work.
1: It's like uh, Priceline did to Kayak, right?
0: Well, that's like Priceline did a kayak and a Booking.com. In fact, Priceline's now named Booking. Uh, the company they bought is worth more than they were ever worth, um, <laughs> and and that makes all the sense in the world. And and Expedia bought Travelocity. Right. So, um, you know, you you can't grow through that uh, methodology of acquisition, but you also, in, in today, have this opportunity to look at this new world and say. You know, am I going to be the leader in robotic delivery? Am I going to be the guy who really does contactless entry uh, for, for office buildings? Am, am I going to be the best at telemedicine? You know, how right. can I flip my business to go with what's happening today and leave the old thing that isn't working behind?
1: I'm curious to see what happens in the entertainment business. Um, a lot of the people... We talked to a lot of entertainers on this program, and we just had uh, Tom Hanks on. and it was interesting because uh, he he wrote and uh, produced this great new World War II movie that's been sitting on a shelf now for a year or more. And you know, he had this vision of seeing it up on this giant screen where everybody could, you know, really take advantage of it. And when that didn't happen or couldn't happen now, uh, Apple TV Plus came in and they said, we're going to show it. Well, you know, we'll buy it and, and, and we'll do it. And it, Tom Hanks, I think initially was a little bit put off by that <laughs> because it wasn't his vision. Right. But then when he thought about it, he goes, you know what? Uh, Apple rescued this movie. I
0: mean, and now it can exactly. be seen by, by you know, so many more people. It, it, that, that's right. And so, you know, does theater first make sense anymore? Uh, maybe not. Right, right. right. And the theaters the theaters are barking. Look, after 9-11, the airline said, we're cutting commissions to travel agents to zero. They took that opportunity to change. While well, some of the big studios have said, hey, we're not going to go first to theaters with some movies anymore. And the theaters are ganging up and saying, well, we won't show your movies anymore. Sorry, the theaters are going to lose. You know, it's just going to change because... You know, would you pay, how much would you pay to watch the movie at home and make your own popcorn? Exactly. Well, yeah. Uh, for many people, you know, they'll say, yeah, I'll pop 10 bucks to do that instead of 50 bucks to go to the theater. Oh, so, yeah. you know, that that's changing. Look at my my son's in the video game business. And if you look at that, that that's now almost become a sport. You know, there are millions of people oh. who watch other people play video games, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a totally virtual sport. So... Is that going to happen with the kind of sports we we used to go to? Well, they make a lot more money from TV than they than they do in other ways. So, right. you know, how can that how can that change? And you know, the the basketball guys are all quarantined down there right. at Walt Disney World to yeah. see how that. Works. It looks like hockey's going to work because it's in Canada, right? And their that, caseload is down. Golf is perfect. But yeah, golf golf is working, and and. Uh, I'm I'm up here as we discussed before. We went on the air on a golf course that has bears on it in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, and and so uh, they, they they tend to play through. Yeah. Right? Be- <laughs> yeah. You, you
1: you don't play through a bear, do you?
0: No. No. They play through. They yeah. they just go.
1: <laughs> well, and my daughter uh, lives in Los Angeles. She's uh, a nanny by day, singer-songwriter by night. And when this whole thing first happened, she panicked because. Uh, no, okay, now she can't be a nanny for the family that she's working for, and she can't, you know, go to a club and perform or whatever. And and so she had this idea, uh, if I can't be a nanny, I'm going to go online and just see how many kids need an hour of entertainment every day. Well, she was booked up. Awesome. she has been booked up, you know, throughout the, the time. And, and then she's uh, all... Broken up about not performing, and I go, hey, your your model worked. Why can't you do that? And so now she's investigating how to do that. But I mean, there's just there's so many things that can come out of this. I think yeah. Much I mean, better. look,
0: I'm signing up for a concert. Steve Tyrell is an artist that I like a lot. He's a great singer. He's got a virtual concert tonight. Oh wow! From his backyard in L.A. Who is it? And you know, Steve Tyrell. Steve. He's a he's a singer songwriter. Been around a long time. Does the classics and uh, okay and he's one of many, but he's just going online and I think it's 15 bucks or something to buy a ticket It's great, and I'll do it. Right. If, Why if not? I, if I don't
1: um, want to uh, sit there uh, you know, with a bunch of knuckleheads uh, that I can't hear the music, that's a much better for me.
0: Right. Exactly. Right. And you don't have to stand up the whole time. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it, you know, making these changes, as they say in disruption off is about, is about starting by saying, I'm going to experiment. I'm going to take risks and I'm also know that I'm going to fail sometimes. Right. And as businesses get older, they get so afraid of failure. You know, startups fail all the time and you, you have to be willing to fail and you have to be willing to kill projects and not people and just say, hey, the idea didn't work. That's OK. You tried hard. Let's let's try again. Let's do it a different way. Right. It's not always going to work. You know, there, the stories in business about the things that didn't work, like the post-it note and a million others and finally became huge are legion. So you, you've you got to create fearlessness in your team and say, Hey, you can do this. Um we have a safety net. You know, go try. If you fail, I'm not going to fire you. I understand. If you right. fail 20 times in a row maybe I will, but right. otherwise, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, and and you've got to have a business that runs marathons and sprints at the same time. The marathon is what you used to do and the sprint is what you can do. And you got to you got to do both. And you got to be experimenting as as you said Ford you know, Ford is trying to do and and move into new products and maybe into electric cars and and try to change that business because the traditional business is changing, and and they know they have to change with it and, as does Gillette. There and, is no perpetual motion. No, Those companies no. And, that are and, 100 years old. Well, they've it, changed many times.
1: And and Ford was able to pivot and start making face masks and uh, uh, and ventilators right. and, and I mean that's that's what's. Uh, that's what's cool. But,
0: but Ford almost died because Henry Ford wouldn't stop selling the Model T. You know, his son built the Model A, and he, he broke it up with a hammer and said, it's terrible, I don't want to do this. And it took another year to convince him really? that they needed a different product. Yeah, he was a bullheaded guy. Um, <laughs> I wrote a speech called Ford, Ford versus Tesla because Henry Ford and Elon Musk are very much the same kind of guys. Um, they, they both started selling expensive cars because that's what the market wanted, but they wanted to build a car for everybody. Um, they both, Henry Ford and Elon Musk, both built the biggest factory in the world. They both innovated around supply chain. They're, they're very similar kind of guys. Uh, and they're both difficult to work for, You know, as for sure. Steve Jobs. That's for a lot of these brilliant guys. Uh, but Ford was very bullheaded. And then when he brought out the Model A, it was the biggest selling car in the history of the world.
1: We're talking to Terry Jones here in the National Defense, founder of Travelocity.com. And a new book called Disruption Off. But, Terry, you hear also so many stories about, and I don't don't know if you were worried about this at American Airlines when you started Travelocity, but, you know, you hear these horror stories of companies that say, you guys see what you can design, see what you can come up with, and they come up with something, the company patents it, and you're out. Was that ever a concern?
0: No, I'm not really an American. You know America was really good about that. We tried lots of things. We were good at experimentation the The first the loyalty program advantage came there. Um, we'd invented a lot of things at American and now, can you make as much money inventing something inside a big company as as with a startup? No, you probably can't, sure. but you know, you you have all those resources that a startup doesn't have. You have brand, you have a supply chain, you have everything you need to get yeah. started, uh, and you just have to fight against the naysayers. Uh, and you don't have to do that in a startup. In a startup, you got to convince people you're not crazy.
1: And, <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> you know, you see the guys on Shark Tank. So it, it's different. But I wasn't worried about that. And you know, actually, in the end, uh, Sabre uh, bought Travelocity back they decided they wanted to own it, and I left them because I thought, "No, nah, they're going to screw it up." Right. And when they bought it back, they took a billion-dollar company and, and uh, kind of frittered away seven hundred million dollars worth of value, and eventually sold it to um, Expedia for two hundred fifty million. Wow. So, big companies can can do great things, and they can they can screw up things pretty bad too. But startups—you got to remember, as I said earlier, seventy-five to eighty percent of startups fail. So you only hear about the big successes. We are, don't hear about the failures. Most most of them fail. Are the uh,
1: are the airlines going to be back in any type of normality?
0: Well, it's going to take a long time. I mean, Ed Bastian, the chairman of Delta, said yesterday he doesn't think business travel will ever come back in the same way. And, and I think he's right because I think we've seen that, that you can do business through Zoom, right? right? I think the leisure part of the business will snap back. Uh, But it's just going to take some time. It is, according to a lot of surveys, you know, not a terrible risk to be on an airplane, certainly a risk. Right. Uh, They circulate air pretty well, but you're sitting right next to somebody. That's why I think Delta's got the right idea by saying no middle seats. Maybe that's a little bit of theater, but uh, it's tough right now because people, you know, we've we've got breakouts on a lot of states and. Traveling probably isn't a great idea. So I think airlines will come back, but they're, they're going to lay off a lot of people. It's going to be very painful uh, through the fall and, and really until we get a vaccine.
1: Uh, you know, I told you I live on a horse ranch. No, nothing's ever going to replace the horse. Horses are solid. <laughs> they're ready to go. You can social distance. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah, that,
0: that that's true. But but they've
1: lost a lot of market share over the years. <laughs> that is true. Uh, yeah, back in Henry Ford's time, uh, they were doing pretty well. But
0: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Terry, listen, man, it, this has been a fascinating conversation, and um, I I, I want to get this book, Disruption, off, and everybody needs to get this because there's there's no better time than right now to. Figure out what your next chapter is. To figure out what's going to go on and and do it before somebody else. To like, like you're talking about, how can the how can those guys do that?
0: Well, that's right. It's it's a it's a real fast read. It's it's seventy two three page four page chapters. Um, you can read it front to back or back to front. It tells you about the technological technological disruption coming for your company, but more importantly, what do I do about it? How do I change so that I can keep up? with a world that that's changing now at warp speed after this pandemic.
1: Well, just a uh, great stuff. And thank you so much for, for taking the time. We're really honored to have you on. And I'd love to get somebody from uh, the company you were talking about that supplies the technology to the bases.
0: Sure. Sure. Then, I, I definitely do that. That's Boingo. And uh, I will, I will connect you with the CEO there. We, we've been doing uh, we've been doing that for the last, Several years wow. building uh, Wi-Fi uh, into the barracks, and you what? Know, and you know, obviously, when they're not out training or or being deployed, um, the military are, are huge users of, of oh. Wi-Fi for communication and games. So it's it's been interesting to see you know where they use it a lot and where they don't use it a lot, and. Uh, it's, it's, been, it's been terrific working with the troops to do that. So I'd be happy to connect
1: you. That'd be great. Terry, thank you so much. Have a, a great and safe time there with the Bears in uh, Lake Tahoe. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: Hey, hey, hopefully we can talk again.
0: Thanks very much. I, I look forward to that.
1: You know, you don't have to be a five-star general to be involved with the national defense. You can subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You've been listening to The National Defense. The National Defense is written and hosted by me, Randy Miller, and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us online at thenationaldefense.com.